All right, so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's what we're going over today. If you want to turn your Bibles to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, uh, we'll go over it one more time. Okay, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. So like I said, this is a very popular passage of Scripture that we're going over today. A lot of you probably have it memorized. Okay, but we all have hard times. We all have tough times. We all have times when we need to trust God. Okay, we do. Okay, for an, as an example, okay, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. And the reason I tell you this is because I thought I was good at trusting God, but uh, he taught me that I wasn't really that good at trusting him. But over the past two, well, not past two years, but in, a, in about a two-year span, okay, I, I lived in four different states, had five different jobs, got engaged, got married, had a kid, graduated college, and other stuff. Okay, so there's a lot of change in my life. Okay, and I always said I was good at change. I always said, man, I'm good at change. And then God, you know, kind of changed me a lot. And I was like, man, okay, maybe I'm not so good at change. But I realized through that, that in my daily life, I need to trust God more. Okay, so he's been teaching me a lot about trust. He's been teaching me about how I can trust him. Okay, um, there's this guy named Charles Blondin. Okay, some of you may have heard of him. Some of you may not. Probably most of you haven't. I use this example um, with the youth group, and so I'm sorry, youth, that you have to listen to it again, but it's a good one. Okay, he was actually a tightrope walker back in the 1800s. Okay, he wasn't from the U.S., but he did a tour in the U.S., and when he did, he went over Niagara Falls. There's something special about this particular tightrope walk, though. When he went over Niagara Falls, he decided he would do it pushing a wheelbarrow. So he pushed a wheelbarrow on a tightrope across Niagara Falls Gorge. Okay, that's what he did. And uh, when he got to the other side, there was this little boy, he's about eight years old, and he was just smiling. He's like, man, it's so cool. This is before they had video games and TV and stuff, so watching a guy tightrope walk is pretty cool. And so this guy tightrope walks all the way across. The little boy's standing there. He's like, man, this guy's awesome. And Charles looks down at this guy, and he says, hey, do you think I could do it again? Do you think I could go back and walk with the wheelbarrow again? And the little boy says, yeah, absolutely. I, I know you can do it. And he's like, well, hop in. And uh, the little boy didn't hop in. But that's trust, right? That's trust. Now, I want to make a quick distinction here before we go on. Okay, we're looking at Proverbs, okay, and we're looking at 3, verse 5 and 6, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. We are not looking at a salvation passage here, okay? Salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, right? Okay, John three sixteen, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, whatever, all those verses. Okay, that's what, that's what salvation is, or justification, if you will. Today, we're looking at what Solomon says from wisdom literature, as believers, we should do daily, which is trust in the Lord. We should do that on a daily, every day, every moment. We should be trusting the Lord. Okay, what are we trusting in? We're trusting in God's power and God's promises. Okay, God is all-powerful, all-loving, and he promises us good things. Okay, he promises, we'll look at some of the promises. Okay, and when I mean good things, I don't necessarily mean easy things. Again, we'll look at that in a second. But today we're looking at how we as believers, okay, can trust the Lord every day. Now, if you're not a believer, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, it's very easy to do that. It's just like it sounds, okay? When Jesus was telling somebody in uh, John chapter 3, how he, the guy says, how do I be saved? Basically, how am I born again? And Jesus says, hey, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Okay, there's a story in the, New or in the Old Testament where uh, the people of Israel getting bit by snakes, Okay, Moses put a snake up on a pole because God told him to and said, hey, look at the snake and you'll be saved. In the same way, Jesus Christ came. He died 
for sins, paying for, paying for our sins. Okay, and he rose again, conquering death. And now all we have to do is look to him. All we have to do is believe in him for eternal life. Okay, so that's something you can do right now. But if you've already done that, today we're going to look at how can we trust God more. Now, this is a Zig Ziglar quote that I really like. Okay, and it kind of deals with what we're dealing with a little bit. Okay, it says, people often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. Okay, when I was a, <clears throat> when I was a junior high, my parents had to recommend it daily to me to make sure that I did it. Okay, and now I, now I do it almost every day. So I did this morning because I was preaching. But, all right, so the reason I bring this up is because Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, okay, that we're not to be conformed to the world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay, why does Paul say that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind? What is the renewing of our mind? In the same way that bathing doesn't last, neither does thinking on the truth. It's not like, hey, oh, I'm going to trust God. Now I've had that thought. I'm good. I can go off. I can do my life. I can do whatever. And now I'm just going to trust him. No, it's a daily renewal of your mind. It's a daily, hey, you got to do this every day. You got to uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart every single day. And Solomon here, the wisest man on earth, tells us, gives us three things that we can do, three things that we can focus on to promote trust in our life, in our daily life. Okay, so we're going to look at these three things. Okay, the first one, respect God. Okay, look at the end of verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Okay, I, I put it as respect for God. I put the positive side of this. The reason that I put respect for God is because if we're leaning on our own understanding, that means we're not giving God the respect that he deserves. Think about it. If you're leaning on your own understanding, that means you're leaning on what you think is right, what you think you can do. You're trusting in yourself, essentially. If you're doing that, okay, that's pride, that's arrogance, and you're not trusting God. Okay, we do this all the time. Uh, Jesus Christ, okay, in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, Tyler actually just talked about this, um, I think in, was it December or something? He had a message on this passage. Okay, he did a really good job of it. But in this passage, it says that Jesus, even though he was God, he didn't count himself to be equal with God. Rather than that, he, he became a servant. Okay, and in that he says, right at the beginning he says, have this, you guys know? Mindset. Have this mindset or attitude. Have this mindset that was in Christ Jesus. Okay, humility is a mindset. Okay, it starts in your mind. That's why I said we've got to renew our mind daily because Solomon here, the wisest man on earth, he says that we need to not lean on our own understanding. That's having a mindset of humility. Okay, so we should have a mindset of humility just like Christ did. Uh, there was this time uh, when I was in junior high. Okay, I have a lot of stories from when I was in junior high. But uh, I was in junior high, and I was playing golf in the front of my grandma's yard. And I was playing with my little cousin Cody, who got me in trouble a lot. This time he didn't get me in trouble, but this time was my own fault. But I was hitting a golf ball in the front yard of my grandma's lawn, and my grandma came out the front door, and she said, Hunter, Cody, stop playing golf in the front yard. You're going to break something. Go to the backyard. And we're, I mean, I was, you know, I was okay with that. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the backyard. But in my own understanding, not recognizing my grandma's authority and her wisdom, I decided the best way to get the ball to the backyard would be to hit it into the backyard. So I line up, and if any of you know me, I'm not good at golf, and I wasn't then either. So I line up, take the club, swing, Right through a window. Right through a window. I was leaning on my own understanding. I thought I knew what was best for my life. I thought I knew the best way to get that golf ball in the backyard was to hit it into the backyard. 
My grandma had just told me not to do that. Literally, she just told me, go to the backyard and hit the ball, not in the front yard because you will break something. Then I hit the ball in the front yard and broke something because I was leaning on my own understanding. You know, in the same way, we lean on our own understanding. A lot of times, God will call us to get in the wheelbarrow and we'll say, well, no, that's not best for my family. That's not right for me. Somebody else can do that. Maybe God is calling us to do something and we say, well, I know what's better in my life. Okay, and before you ever get to the point where God's asking you to get in the wheelbarrow, the reason that you come up with these excuses when he asks you to get in the wheelbarrow is because the whole time before, you're leaning on your own understanding. You haven't had this mindset of humility day-to-day living, and then God says, well, jump in the wheelbarrow, trust me, and you say, well, I, you know, I know what's best. And we probably don't verbally say that, cause, but we say it in our minds. Okay, we say it in our minds. So we need to respect God for who he is. Okay, Solomon says, he commands us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he says, don't lean on your own understanding. That's how we're going to do it. That's the first one. The second one, recognize who God is. So what does the beginning of verse 6 says? In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. When I think of recognizing God or acknowledging God, uh, James comes to my mind. Okay, this is a great passage from James chapter 4. It says, Come now, you who say today, tomorrow, we will go into such and such a city, spend a year there, engage in business, profit, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, it's the one who knows the right thing to do, does not do it to him in his sin. Okay, what are these guys doing in this passage? The supply of fish in Stillwater is high for you business people. And the demand is low. The demand is high in, in Perry. Okay, we'll say the demand of fish is high in Perry. Supply is low. They don't have any fish. These guys say, hey, you know what? We can make money by going and selling fish in Perry. So let's go fish, sell fish in Perry. We'll make profit, right? They're doing a pretty normal thing. Okay, they're not, doing, they're not on a get-rich-quick program or doing something shady. Like, they're just trying to make profit. Okay, and if you don't make profit, for those of you in business, what happens? You're negative. You're going under, right? You're in the red. So these guys are trying to make profit. They're just trying to do something normal. And yet, James says that they're boasting and they're arrogant. Why? Because they're not acknowledging God in the situation. They're not saying, hey, he says, he uses the words, if the Lord wills, we will do this. Okay, they're saying, hey, I'm going to go do this, and I can do it. Okay, and as Americans, how many of us say that every day? All of us, right? Or at least I do. I say that all the time. Okay, so even in the, even in the little things of our life, we need to acknowledge God. We need to recognize God for who he is in every little thing that we do. Okay, we need to make our plans in the sand. How many of you guys know what a bitmoji is? Okay, not very many of you. That's a bitmoji right there. It's supposed to be me, but it's a little more tan than I am. So maybe at the end of the summer, that's what I'll look like. But we are supposed to make our plans in the sand. Okay, when we make our plans in the sand, that means that we're, okay, we're writing our plans not in permanent ink. Okay, we're not making our plans in Sharpie. And a lot of times for me, I like to make my plans in a Sharpie. I like to say, okay, I know what's best for my life. Here's what it is, and here's what I'm going to write it out to be. 
And regardless of what anybody else says, this is what's going to happen, and I'm going to make sure that it happens. Okay? I'm writing my, plan, I'm writing my plans in permanent marker rather than in the sand and saying, nope, God, if the Lord wills, this is my plan. If God wants this to happen for my life, then it's going to happen. If not, it's not. I make my plans in the sand, meaning God can wipe it out and make his own plans for me. I recognize God in every situation. That's what we need to be doing. Okay, Colossians 1.15 uh, 15 through 19 is a really great passage. Basically, it says uh, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, firstborn over all creation. Right? And in verse 17, he gets down, he says, In him, the whole world holds together. In him, the whole world holds together. So there's this uh, theory, I guess it's a wrong theory, but there's this theory that says that God created the world. It's called the watchmaker theory. God created the world and stepped back and just lets the world run on its own. Colossians 1.17 says that's not true. He says, in him, the whole world holds together. Okay, he, we need to acknowledge him in every aspect of our life because he is in every aspect of our life. Without him, you would not be breathing right now. Okay, uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians, okay, he says that whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God, right? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. I thought about that before and I thought, why in the world does Paul use eating and drinking? Why doesn't he say, whether you're prophesying or speaking in tongues, okay? Because 1 Corinthians, you know, back then. Or why, if you're preaching or if you're, you know, doing these awesome things. But he, he uses two very normal everyday things, eating and drinking. What Paul is saying is, hey, you need to be giving God glory in every aspect of your life, even in the normal, little, small, everyday things that you do. It's not just give God glory when you're at church, it's not just give God glory when you're witnessing. It's not just God, give God glory when you're serving. It's give God glory in every aspect of your life. Okay? God, he doesn't ask us to give him unjust glory. Rather that we simply acknowledge his true glory. Okay? Acknowledge his true glory to the best of our ability. So we are to acknowledge him. We are to recognize him in every aspect of our life. Okay? So we're to respect God. We're to recognize God. There's one more thing. Okay, it's at the end of verse 6. We're to remember God. Verse 6 again, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight, or he will direct your path, depending on the version. Okay, now, this is a promise of God. Okay, I don't want you to misunderstand this promise of God. He's not saying here, I will make your paths easy. He's not saying here, trust in me and life will be easy. Trust in me and you will gain riches and glory. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that he will direct your path. He will direct your path. Okay, and so this is a promise that we need to remember. And there's a lot of other promises in the Word of God. Okay, you guys can think of promises off the top of your head. Okay, I know all of you have promises of God that you guys can think of. Okay, Romans 8, right? He's working all things together good for those who love him or are called. Matthew chapter 6 says that if we seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. So there's lots of promises of God. We need to remember those things. In Deuteronomy 4, 9, okay, this is, uh, they're talking to Israel here. It says, only give heed to yourself, keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen, that they do not depart from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Okay, so not only are we to remember the promises of God, we need to remember what God has done in our past. 
Okay, there's this little, when I lived in Arkansas, there's this little kid. And every time he said, like, every time he couldn't find something, he'd be like, I'm a bad looker. I'm a bad looker. And then if he couldn't, like, remember something, he'd be like, I'm a bad remember. He would just say, he would, like, say that about everything. Just, I'm a bad looker. I'm a bad remember. Um, we're all bad remembers. Hey, all of us are bad remembers. We don't remember what God has done in our life. That's why we have to write it out in books and keep track of it, which is a good thing to do, by the way, if you don't do that. We do not remember things very well, but we should. Okay, we should remember God's promises, and we should remember what God has done in our life in the past. And if we do that, is that going to help us? Is that going to promote trust if we're renewing our mind with those things? Yeah, it's going to promote trust in God, right? It's going to promote trust in God. Okay, I, I think that a lot of us think, you know, when using the wheelbarrow uh, illustration, I think a lot of us think, you know, when God calls me to get in the wheelbarrow, I'll jump in. When God calls me to get in the wheelbarrow, I'll jump in. So basically what we're saying is when trials and tribulations and hard times come, which they will, I'll trust God, no problem. But we don't. We don't. And it's because a lot of times that we're not trusting Him throughout the easy times in our life. We're not trusting God throughout the daily, everyday, day in, day out, monotony of life. We're not trusting Him. And because we're not trusting Him in the daily life, a lot of times in those big circumstances, hard times come, we're like, man, I'm having trouble trusting God. Okay, so we need to, we need to remember Him. We need to recognize Him, and we need to respect Him every single day, every single moment of every single day. So that way when the hard time comes, we're going to trust Him. Okay, so we got some applications. Number one, respect God. So how do we do that? We need to have the mindset of humility. Okay, that's what Christ said. He had the mindset of humility. So we need to respect God and have the mindset of humility. Also, with respecting God, we need to renew our minds about who God is. Okay, that's why I love songs like Blessed Be the Name of the Lord, one we sung this morning, uh, You Are God Alone. Why? Because it's, it's us worshiping God for who He is. He is Creator. He is God. And we will never comprehend how great He is. And so we need to renew our mind with that thought of how powerful and how great God is. When we do that, we're respecting God. Finally, we need to serve others. Okay, Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. Okay, when we serve, now you can serve with the wrong heart attitude, but when we serve other people, okay, with the right heart attitude, it puts us in our place a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like when I go serve somebody, it puts me in my place because I'm like, you know, I'm serving them. <laughs> like I'm under them. And it reminds us that all of us are sinners, all of us are broken, and God is great. So it gives us that right mindset. Okay, so we need to respect God. We also need to recognize God. Make your plans in the sand. Make your plans in the sand. Okay, and then two, think or even say, if the Lord wills, or Lord willing. Okay, that's something I'm not great at, but if I remember right, my great-grandpa was good at this. Okay, you guys having that in a youth activity next Friday night? Lord willing. You guys going uh, over to your parents' house this afternoon? Lord willing. Okay, if I'm saying that, what is that doing? Am I just saying it to say it? No, absolutely not. When I'm saying that, okay, it's reminding me every single time I say it that God is in control, not me. That's why I'm saying it. 
to remind myself. I'm not saying it, if somebody comes up and asks me, hey, you doing this or that? And I'm like, yeah, Lord willing. I'm not saying that for them, for their benefit. I'm not saying that so they know, like, hey, he's only going to do that if God, you know, allows him. That, that might happen. But I'm doing that because I need to be reminded in every circumstance and in every situation and in everything I do, I need to be reminded that God is in control. Okay, we need to renew our minds with these things. Finally, let's remember God. Let's remember God. Think about what he's done in your past. Okay, think about what he's done in your past. Think about the things that he's done. Some of you, he's done a lifelong, or as long as your life is, of good things to you. He's done a lot of awesome things in your life. And if you sit down and try to remember them, you wouldn't come up with a quarter of them. That's how I am, if I'm honest. God's done so many good things to me in my life, and I have a bunch of them written down, and I still wouldn't remember a quarter of them. I challenge you guys to sit down and think about what God's done in your life. Think about the good things that He's done, the promises that He kept, the prayers that He's answered. Okay, so think about what He's done. And then memorize and meditate on His promises for the future. Okay, memorize and meditate on His promises for the future. You know, Paul talks about, again in 1 Corinthians, how if Christ didn't rise from the dead then our faith is pointless because we're not going to rise from the dead, right? So if we believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life, is it a promise that we'll get that eternal life? Is that a good thing to dwell on? Is that a good thing to think on? So there's one promise right there. There's another conditional promise right here in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. He'll lead you where you need to go. Regardless of whether it's easy or hard, a lot of times He leads us down the hard path, but we know that hard path is for good. Okay, so that's a good promise to rest in. Okay, so let's trust God by respecting Him, recognizing Him, and remembering Him in the little easy things of today. Okay, James says that if you are a hearer of the Word, but not a doer of the Word, you delude yourselves. Okay, if I'm a hearer of the Word and not a doer of the Word, I delude myself. Okay, so if we walk out of here and we do nothing about what the Word of God says... If we don't do anything about Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 when we walk out of here, you've wasted your time. You might, you might as well not have been, even been in here. Okay, I'm just being straight up. So, as we go out today, let's renew our minds with the truth of God's Word. Okay, let's renew our minds with respect for God, okay, acknowledgement of God, recognition of God, and remembering what He's done and what He will do.